0: If you have your Bibles, just want you to spend just a few moments. I just, I've come here kindly with a, a heart, I believe, from the Lord. Uh, I just want to talk to you just a few moments on the issue of having peace in the mystery of storm. Now, I've been talking about peace for about three or four weeks, but I just really felt there was one more issue uh, that we needed to talk about that. And uh, so I, I didn't feel complete in my heart. So I'm going to try to take these few minutes now to share with you what I feel like the Lord was saying in the closing, in the closing points of what we're talking about peace. Uh, peace is not an option for the believer. want you know that? And I, it's not an option, although we treat it as a believer as an option. And we're almost surprised at times in a believer's life when they have real peace. I'm talking about the kind of peace that Jesus promised in the book of John when he said his kind of peace. And some versions, that says his supernatural peace. It's the ability to walk in the midst of a storm or whatever you're going through. Some people call them storms. Some people call them issues, circumstances, whatever it is that you're walking through. But to have a supernatural peace in the midst of that. And like I said, when I started, it's not an option. It's a have to. Because without the peace, you probably won't see a miracle. <laughs> That's the truth. Without the peace, I mean, this week has been such a miraculous week also in this church. Uh, we've, we've walked through, in the last few weeks, we walked through several extremely hard issues, hurting, a lot of tears, a lot of weeping as went forth. But then it's so good to, to watch the Lord begin to turn that tide. And I want to thank God for your prayers because prayers is that that gets in and turns the tide. Without prayers, God can't do what He wants to do. But without peace, God cannot do it also. In fact, the Bible says that the kingdom of God is established in three different characteristics. There's three different ways we know that the kingdom of God is ruling. Ruling our situation, ruling our circumstances, or ruling what we're going through. The first one is the demonstration of righteousness. That's the first way. It's righteousness, peace, and joy. Those are the three characteristics that characterize when someone is believing God and His kingdom is ruling. So what that tells me is this, that I must, that those are not options. Because each one of us are here to demonstrate God's kingdom. (laughs) We're to let the world know that Jesus is still alive. And we're letting the world know, you that are hurting, there's an answer for that hurt. You that are in pain, there's an answer for your pain. You that's going through difficulty, there's a help for you in the midst of your problem. It's not just a heavenly bliss, it's an earthly now that God has come for us. And they're all products of the cross. I said this morning I don't have the cross rolled out here today as I normally would during this series, but I'm telling you what, I'm hiding behind it this morning. I hope each one of you too are hope you're hiding behind that cross and you realize that the things that the cross has purchased for you, they're not options, but they're declared over your lives, and we have the wonderful opportunity of walking in them for the glory of God. So the three areas that the Lord said they're not optional, that they show forth his kingdom. Rule. If I'm going to know that God's going to rule in my situation, I can't promise you rule. Of a county, I can't even promise you rule of the United States. I can't promise you God but what I can give is the rule of God over my life. I can offer that to the world. I can offer to the world that I can that I can offer my life as a demonstration of the kingdom of God. Amen. And then hopefully through prayer we'll see a nation dedicated to God in that point, and hopefully we'll see a county and hopefully we'll see a city. But what we can offer each one of us individually, we can offer the world that Jesus is real, and the demonstration of His kingdom's rule is in my life. Amen. And so the Bible says the way that's demonstrated then is righteousness. Now, righteousness certainly is the ability to walk and knowing that you in walking in a forgiven place in life, knowing that Jesus has bore our sins, knowing that Jesus has paid the price. You don't have to be down this morning. You don't have to feel less than. Jesus paid the price for your sins. There's not a one of us that hadn't messed up royally. But we can declare the righteousness of the Lord that He has allowed, put it into our life as a gift. And so my prayer is one that you can not only know that, but you can demonstrate that. Because that word righteousness is also the word goodness. We demonstrate God's goodness, but not only am I here to tell you that we have a good God, I'm here to allow that goodness to flow through me. Some people look at you and say, how can you be kind? And your answer is, because Jesus is so kind to me. Yes. You say, you look, you look, people look at you and say, how can you be so gentle? You say, because Jesus has been gentle with me. Yes. Some say, how can you have peace? Because Jesus has such peace with me. We're to de- demonstrate the, word, the righteousness is not fulfilled unless it's first legally applied to my life, me knowing that my sins are gone. But also, I become a demonstration of that. And what I pray is that none of our lives are satisfied till, the, till we come to the place to demonstrate the goodness of God. I don't want to just tell you how good God is. I want to demonstrate it in my life. Can you say Amen? That's why a believer is to always be different. I mean, that's the way you handle your job. Somebody says, "I, you know, I just don't know what I'm doing in life." Well, you get up every day and you determine to demonstrate the kingdom of God, and the goodness of God. Now, the world can't believe in a God they can't see at times, but they can believe in you that they do see that you tell them that it's God in you that's given you the ability. That's why a believer handles a job differently. That's how a believer handles life differently. That's how a believer handles family differently. It's because a believer has this goodness that's been so demonstrated to them, and now that goodness is able to flow through them. I'm going to tell you, you can put a smile on your face when things are hard and you can put a joy on your lips when things seem so difficult because a believer responds with that very same goodness that's been demonstrated to us from above. Amen? Now, the second thing that demonstrates the kingdom of God in my life is peace. And I said earlier that I dare say that God cannot perform miracles in our life unless peace Peace is, a lot of times we're praying for the miracle when really what we need to be praying, God, give me the peace in this storm. Amen. We need to be praying, Lord, give us the peace, the power of that peace, the authority that's in that peace. Now, sure, that peace is more than a feeling. And in fact, a, that peace of God is being relentlessly, relentlessly set that you can trust God. That's what gains the peace. Somebody says, I don't understand it. People are looking for a a magic wand some way to be waved over their life and all of a sudden peace to be a feeling that they feel and they get up with tiptoeing through the tulips every day. I mean, that's not the kind of peace that Jesus came to give. Jesus, in fact, came to to give us a peace that you're going to have to fight to get it. Because you're going to have to fight fear. You're going to have to fight worry. You're going to have to fight to get in to the peace of God. But once you get in to the peace of God, then you have the authority to handle any storm of life. Now, we could refer back to that in several places because we can talk about how to find peace, how to find peace in the cave as David did, or we could talk about how to find peace in the desert as Elijah did. Or we could talk about how to find peace in the prison as Paul did. But I'm just here to tell you, whatever situation you're going through in life, you've got to come to a place of peace with it. Because until you come to a place to where you have the peace of God, to where you come to a place of truly trusting God, that God's going to bring you through this, then you're closing the door to the miraculous power of God in your life. Because that peace demonstrates God's rule. So whatever it is, whether it's conflict with a person or whether it's conflict on your job or whether it's conflict with a ministry that God's called you to or if it's conflict with your church you should be able to handle it differently. You should not be mad and fretting and upset. There should be a Peace that I can trust God. In fact, that is peace. Trust in the Lord. Now, the Bible says that that peace is able to do away. In fact, in the Scriptures, uh, whether it was in a cave or whether it was in a tomb or whether it was... The, usually, the Lord demonstrated it this way when He first came forth to give peace. He would say, Why are you fearful? Now, that was demonstrated in Jesus when Jesus got into the boat and was going to the other side and the storm came up against Him. There in the midst of that storm. Jesus asleep on a pillow having peace in the midst of a storm. I'm going to tell you what, you've got to have peace. I I can't not tell you that enough. In fact, the Lord spoke to me this way. He said, if you will fight to get the peace of God, then the peace of God will fight to give you the victory. You hear what I'm telling you? That if you will fight, whatever it is you have to fight... To get into the peace of God Then the peace of God Will begin to fight To give you the victory Because peace is not a feeling Peace is a person The Bible calls him The prince of peace But he also demonstrated in the New Testament As the God of peace And there's something about the God of peace That comes on the scene When the God of peace comes on the scene It always comes with power It's amazing Peace seems so tranquil But when God comes on the scene in answer to that peace, he comes in power. And it says like this. He said, the God of peace shall soon crush Satan underneath your feet. He comes in power. In fact, the the, the Bible speaks about that when he comes as the God of peace into our life, he comes to change us. That the things you can't change about yourself, things you've tried to change about yourself for years that you you've given up on, if you will allow the peace of God to come into you over that so the God of peace can come to your rescue, the God of peace walks in with demonstration in all of our life for the glory of God. So let me close with these kind of thoughts about it. In the book of Mark, chapter 4, it talks about Jesus stepping into the boat. Now, the reason he got into the boat, he said, was not to get into the boat, and it wasn't to face the storm. That's where we get mixed up in life. We think we get up to face the storms because there's storm after storm after storm. Let me tell you, that's not your reason here. That is your opposition here. The reason you live is not to fight storms. The reason you live is to do something that God's called you to do beyond the storm. And the storm is the opposition and you getting that or being that for the glory of God. So Jesus said, I must go to the other side. Why did he get in the boat? He got in the boat because he had to go to the other side. Amen. It wasn't to face the storm. The storm was what came up to try to stop him from getting to the other side. Now, why did he need to go to the other side? Well, the Bible tells us that one thing that Jesus went to the other side for. When Jesus finally got beyond the storm, and he got to the other side. You remember? There was a man that was crying out from pain. In fact, the Bible said he would cry out in the, in the night, separated from his family. He was in all types of chaos. Things had gone wrong in his life. The bottom of his life had fallen out to the point that he had no hope left anymore. And in fact, the Bible says that he was, that he had was possessed by a legion of demons. But even in the midst of that bondage that that man had, God the Father heard the cry of that man in pain and that man in bondage. And God the Father said, I'm going to send help. Into that situation. The reason that Jesus got into the boat was not to face the storm. The reason that Jesus got into the boat because there was something beyond the storm that God had called Jesus to do. And he had to get beyond the storm if he was going to ever accomplish what God wanted him to accomplish. Amen. So Jesus got in the boat. And when the process of Jesus moving across the place to get to the other side, to relieve the one that had cried out, that God the Father heard. I'm going to tell you, whatever you're going through, you're not in it by yourself, honey. You're not in it alone. Know this. Whatever you're going through, you're not in it by yourself. God the Father hears that cry. Answer is on its way. Amen. And the storms have tried to blow and the storms have tried to hinder your answer. But as long as there's somebody that will continue to believe God, God will be able to break through the power of that storm to get the answer there. Amen. But the but the situation came as Jesus was on His way. Now, Jesus, the Bible says, when the storm arose, and it was of demonic origin because it had a de- de- not demonic name. And, you know, it's been spoken to this. I want to take this a little side trail just for a quick minute. Uh, It's been spoken and prophesied over this church that, that this area is in a battle. Now, I don't know if you recognize it or not, but this whole area is in a battle. And you're probably caught up in some form of that battle. And the devil has probably, as much as he could, probably tried to isolate you and try to make you feel like you're the only person that's experiencing this kind of thing. And would also make you feel that you've brought this on yourself to try to condemn you with it. But I'm here to tell you, you're in a battle. You're just in a battle. And it's not because you've done anything. It's because the devil hates you. You've got to understand, the devil's against me. He's trying to keep from what God has called me to do from happening. It's just the devil. So Jesus is asleep in the bottom part of the boat. Crankle. Man, he had peace in the midst. Did not even realize. Larry, he did not even realize that a storm was approaching. And you know what? I ain't got that kind of peace yet, but that's the kind of peace I'm looking for. Man, I'm looking for the kind of peace that where that I don't even realize there's a storm going on. Where somebody can walk up to you and says, Hey man, how are you dealing with this? And you say, Dealing with what? All I know is Jesus. All I know that God's gonna bring me through. All I know that God's gonna see me through this. All I know is gonna bring me out on the other side. Amen. That's the kind of place that and I fight. Everybody say we fight. We're having to fight fear because fear is that that see, fear is when I'm accepting are expecting the devil to do. Faith is what I'm I'm expecting God to do. As long as I fear, as long as I'm fearing, I'm expecting the devil to do. I'm tired of thinking about the devil, aren't you? I'm I'm just ready to start thinking about God. I'm tired of expecting the devil to do. I want to move over to the other side and be a real believer and just start expecting God to work some things out, to turn some things, and do some things that will bring him glory. Amen. So Jesus there in the bottom of the boat. The disciples came and said, Lord, don't you know that we we perish? It is amazing. It is amazing. The first step to any of us having peace is the simple area of trust. With have to back ourselves. Really, I think one of the greatest ways is to, is to have peace is to stop and ask yourself, how come you don't have peace? I mean, peace is not the exception. Instead of so saying, why don't I have peace? Why don't I have peace over these bills? Why don't I have peace with what's going on? Why don't I have peace over what God's called me to do? Why don't I have peace? Because the very reason that God's called you to do some things... Tell you that God is committed to you in at least two ways. The first way God's committed to you, if you feel that God has led you or put some things in your heart to do, there's at least two things you can totally expect. Number one, you can expect it to be God's strength. That's why in the book of Philippians, in addressing an issue like this, Paul said, I can do all things through Christ, who what? What does he do? He gives me strength. If God's called you to do it, then he wants to strengthen you to do it. Somebody said, I can't do it. That's the reason God called you, honey. That's the reason God has it. He knows that you can, but he wants to put the strength in you. Somebody said, I just can't bear this. God knows that. That's why you're needing to bear it. Because God's given you the strength to bear it. God's given you the strength to walk through it. God's given you the strength to overcome it. God's given you the strength to do it. Amen. God's never asking you, but you allowed you to face any kind of storm that he's not willing to strengthen you to handle it. You got the strength. That's why Jesus was totally shocked when he walked up through the bow of the boat and finally spoke peace to that storm. The next thing he did, he looked and he said, why are you afraid? Why are you fearful? Can't you trust God? He said, Can- and so if we're going to have peace, we've got to begin to ask ourselves, why am I not in peace? What's wrong with me? Not what's wrong with me facing things, but what's wrong with me? What am I allowing to be said into my life? What am I fearful of? What am I afraid of that's not letting me have peace over this situation? Somebody says, well, you know what? I have to wait. That's the very places to have peace and things that you have to wait on. Everything is processed with God. you was a process and everything that usually God does. There's very few things that's going to happen with the snap of anybody's finger. But it will happen if these hands are folded up in prayer and intercessions made before God and where we say, God, I'm not going to quit till this thing changes. I'm not going to quit till this thing becomes different. Amen. So there's two things any believer can as you face the storm. One thing you can know that God's going to strengthen you. And you need to start telling yourself, quit walking around belly aching like a baby. Quit walking around saying, I can't handle this. You can't handle this. It's God's strength in you. Begin to give glory to God. Begin to let people know there's something supernatural that's in your life. There's something that you can't handle it. You can walk through it. You can deal with that. You can, you can, you can. You can. Why? Because it's God that's strengthening me. The second thing that he makes that commitment to is to provide for it, Whatever you need for it. You know, that's the one thing. Somebody said, Oh, you know, God's called me to do this. Honey, God's made the commitment to you. Number one, He's going to strengthen you. You will be able to do it. Number two, as you face any storm, He said, I'll provide. That's why I said in the same book of Philippians, same chapter, in fact, He said, my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory. So Jesus got up and He spoke peace to the storm. And then He looked at His disciples and He said, why are you afraid? Why are you not trusting God? Let me tell you what. That's the honest truth that if we don't have peace we're not trusting God. Now that says somebody we want to argue with that but that's the truth. If we don't have peace over what we're going through or what we're going beyond we're not trusting God. That's right. That's right. We've got to stop ourselves and begin to ask ourselves why am I not trusting God? what is causing me to fuss about this to fret about this to get angry about this to get mad about this to be bothered about this what is causing me not to trust God we have to do a self inventory and out of that self inventory we have to find the reasons why we're not trusting God but Jesus on the bow of that boat because he had peace he simply looked at that storm and he spoke Peace. You're never going to be able to speak anything that's not resolved in your own heart. Why does peace, why is peace so important? Why is peace the prerequisite to getting the supernatural and the miraculous power of God moving in your life? Why is it? Because within that peace is the authority of God if you have peace in your heart your response should be peace let me tell you if you have peace in your heart if your response go ahead Stephen be good if you if you have peace in your heart your response should be peace that's what Jesus' was because he had peace in his heart, he wasn't afraid. And because he had peace in his heart, then he could respond with peace. That person that's bothering you so much, that thing that's aggravating you, that co-worker, That's almost got your victory. It's not that they're wrong. They may be the storm. But that storm did not make that peace not be in Jesus' heart. We should be able to speak in peace. We should be able to respond in peace. The Prince of Peace that's inside of us wants to be the King of Peace over the situation. But out of a heart of peace we must be able to speak in peace. I want you to notice what it did. Because in those words of peace that came out of Jesus' lips was the authority of God. The power of God to change any circumstance to change any situation as the heart of peace responded in peace it had the power within those few words notice what happened immediately the winds and the waves what did happen they hushed the Bible says that's, right. that's, right. that's what the Greek word means hushed <laughs> my mama told me to hush a few times I remember the time I didn't (laughs) but when he spoke out of the heart of peace and that storm (laughs) hushed but I want to tell you what authority does not only did authority hush the storm but it quietened everything that was influenced by that storm. Do you hear what I'm telling you? It quietened the waves. Man, the seas became a calm because authority coming out of a heart of peace. But not only, I want you to use your faith to one more measure with me, Not only did it have the power to hush the the storm and not only did it have the power then to hush what was caused or affected by the storm, it had the power to change what was beyond the storm. You've often wondered Jesus stepped out onto that land when he said, I must go to the other side. When he got beyond the storm and he stepped out on that other land, there's only one thing that took place. And the one thing that took place was this. Legion came and fell down at his feet. When Jesus spoke peace to that storm, that peace didn't stop with the storm. That peace did not stop with that that was caused by the storm. But it went into that which was reaching far beyond the storm and brought peace to a demonized man that Jesus had been sent to resurrect and to powerfully heal for the glory of God. Amen. The storms are of vital importance to all of us. The storm's not what we're called to do. But the storm stands in opposition to what God's called us to do. But when we'll have peace in the midst of our storm, it will affect not only that storm, but it will affect what God has called me to do beyond that storm for the glory of God. Amen. Even to the capacity of a man that had a thousand demons bowing down at the feet of Jesus, coming to seek the one, Ministry of what Jesus thought. I'm tell you what, I said I in early service this morning. Instead of Legion, if Legion had not had Jesus' peace spoken to him, Legion would still be running because those demons didn't want anything to do with Jesus. But when Jesus spoke, it brought ministry right to Jesus' feet. Some of you thinking, well, this storm is going to keep my miracle for, away for 10 years. This storm's going to push it so far down. I'm, going to be, I'm telling you, this storm is going to cause ministry to happen quicker, better, stronger, more mightier. Because just you learn to speak peace to your storm. It's going to speak peace right on out. Now, how many of you are having a wrestle with peace? How many of you? If you're having a wrestle, say, Jerry, I'm facing something right now in my life. I know I need the peace of God. I know. Unless I get the peace of the Lord, then I know that it's going to hinder God from working this thing out in my life. Because I must have peace in the midst of the I must come to a place to trust the Lord. I'm going to quickly ask you, if you're going through a situation right now, So, Jerry, I really need the peace of God. I want you to simply stand right where you're seated at. Would you do that? Jerry, I'm in the midst of a battle right now that I really need the peace of God. I need the peace to be able to handle it. I need the peace to be able to walk through it. I need the peace to be able to overcome it. I need the peace to be able to deal with it daily. I need the peace to be able to conquer it in my mind. I need the peace to be able to to conquer this from frustration, to keep anger away, to keep resentment out of my heart. Lord I need the peace of God I need, I need the Lord to come and to, some way to draw the finger off of the storm and some way let me point back to Jesus and let me see the power of Jesus at work praise God now let me look back at pastor just a quick minute I don't believe peace like that comes from you just asking God to give you peace it starts everything starts with that but the type of peace that's going to control your storm, it's going to take a battle for you to get there. This is what the Lord told me as I said earlier. If you will fight to get God's peace, then God's peace will fight to get you the victory. I'm just here to ask you, how much do you want the victory? How much do you want the victory? How much do you want victory? How much do you want to win in that area? How much do you want to overcome in that area? To that degree then you fight to get into the peace of God. Some of you are going to have to fight down your flesh. Some of you are going to have to fight down your fear. Some of you are going to have to dress your fear. Some of you are going to have to rebuke your fear. Some of you are going to have to stand against the enemy. The enemy's lives is trying to rob your peace. It's going to take a fight. But I'll tell you, it's going to be well worth the fight. Can you say amen? Praise the Lord. I want you to use this song. This song is our closing song. It's also our closing prayer. But we're going to use this song to let the Lord know that we're not going to stop until peace rules our heart. We're not going to stop. We're going to keep fighting until we get that peace of God. Peace doesn't come like the waving of a magic wand. Peace doesn't come through me just praying for you to have peace. That's only where it starts peace comes as you desire to win in this thing and you desire the win enough where you're willing to drive out the fear. But when you're willing to drive out the fear then the peace will come and God will you have peace in the midst of that storm for the glory of God. In Jesus name.